Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody, this morning. A wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Amen. Are you ready for this coming up events? Amen. I said the coming up events. Hopefully we will have be holding this coming year a couple of revivals. And we would announce them later in the year. And we would encourage everybody to bring a friend unto the house of the Lord. We come to share the wonderful word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody said in the house. <laughs> oh, sometimes we look at things and we just don't know quite how to deal with it or say with it. But I like to tell you. You're watching the Holy Ghost <clears throat> and Fire Church located just outside of French Camp, California. It's an easy drive. I said it's an easy drive. You hit I-5 and you'll be here in about 10 minutes. Amen. Someplace, well, you know, that's a, a hard time. No, no, nothing hard. Only what you make hard. Amen. I will ask that question again. I often ask. Did you bring one of these? It's nothing like having the Word of God in your hand and being able to open it up and flip through it and get it. Somebody said, well, you always talk like you don't like cell phone. Well, I own a cell phone, but I don't read a Bible on it because as I watch people in the stores and stuff in the car, I, I was someplace just the other day, and my son went in to do something. And the same time I, I pulled in, this lady pulled in. And being, I'm a sort of a curious person. I look around me all the time wanting to see what's going on. And the first thing she did, she pulled out her cell phone. And started playing with it. She'd been about 15 minutes or 20 minutes sitting in her car playing the cell phone. I went to the doctor just the other day, and this lady pulled in, and guess what? She had about a 35-minute conversation with her cell phone and going. And I just sat there. I didn't say nothing. I, I sort of laughed, and I thought about it, and I thought, you know, we live in a world of the Bible talks about men of lovers of pleasure. Amen. I guess maybe she had something to say was important. I wouldn't know. I wasn't in the car. But I found that if you turn on television and you try to watch it and try to read your Bible at the same time, you can't really do it. You, your mind is, you cannot have a split mind. And somebody said, well, why are you saying all this here? Well, that's, that, that's very simple. I'm saying it because... I want you to have more love for the Word of God than anything else. That's just a fact. You should want to love the Word of God, read the Word of God, study the Word of God, get it in your very being. I said your very being, and your very being is very important on reading the Word of God. This morning, I would like you to turn with me to the book of Luke, 
the 18th chapter. I said the 18th chapter. And we're going to look at verse 1. You'll find in the book of Matthew, if you read the first part of it, Jesus spoke to a lot of people in parables. Parables is telling a story that is equal to something else. And here it is another parable that he's going to talk to. Who, who, just who is Jesus talking to in this particular section of the Word? Jesus is telling something to his disciples. And the disciples are sending or sitting and they're listening to what Jesus said. Jesus had been training these men for a task that will be taken not too long from here. He has spent time telling that he's going to be betrayed. He has spent time telling he's going to be into the hands of the Gentile and that he would be mocked, he'd be spit on, and he'd be crucified. They listened to him all this time, but they did not quite understand. Hear me? They did not understand what in the world? They read it in different places. They were among themselves. They would say, what does he mean by this from the resurrection of the dead? Even though they saw him raise people that were dead, they saw the miracles he worked. But how do you deal with it? Or do you deal with it? As individuals, we have the whole this sacred book, and it is a King James. I know what people say. Oh, you probably think that Paul carried a King James. Well, Paul carries something that most of you don't carry at all. That is the Holy Ghost. You heard me. I said the Holy Ghost. Amen. And once the Holy Ghost comes... They know everything that Jesus was talking about. Hello? All right, look at Matthew. No, look at Luke. Look at Mark. And they all talk about different things in different ways, but they all talk about the same thing. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not faint. Somebody said, you think, they, what Jesus said, men, and I'm going to say men and women, boys and girls, young adults, old adults, Senior citizen adults, we should be praying. We should be not. And what did he say? And not faint. 
In my Bible, it makes Romans chapter ten seventeen: faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now, you might stand and say, but preacher, I don't hear nothing here. That's because you're not in tune with God. You want to find out what is for your life. You want to find out how to live your life and find the circumstances. Prayer. Is prayer important? <clears throat> A number of years ago, I was in the hospital and with somebody that I love very dearly and somebody else I love very dearly. And I was up there standing in the intensive care ward. And I've been praying about it, and God answered my prayer. But elderly colored man came in. He sat down. I noticed that he was sitting there. And he was saying, he, I said, you know Jesus? And he said, oh, yeah. I said, are you getting, what, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm praying, but I just don't know how to pray. I look at him, well, it's very simple. If you have a little doubt and you don't know what you're praying about, ask Jesus. You know, Jesus will give you an answer. Well, how would he give you? By through the Holy Spirit and through your senses. You remember the man with the boy that kept falling in the water, rolling in the fire, rolling back in the water, rolling the dust of the ground? I looked at him and I said, you remember what he said? Jesus said. What did he say? Lord, help my unbelief. So he went with a definite need. And he went to the disciples and they could not give it to him. And when Jesus was coming down with John and Peter from the mountain of transfiguration. He saw the crowd gathering around and they started coming. And he asked the man and the man looked at him and he said, Lord, could you do anything for me? Have faith. He prayed to Jesus for something to happen. Remember I said faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Hearing the Word of God, preaching the Word of God might be. But you read the Word of God as you look at it and you think about it. This is the book. I said this is the book that tells you about life. Tells you don't, don't doubt. Now everybody in this room, everybody watching by television, listening by radio, listening or watching by the internet, everybody will come to a place of time, I don't care who they are, they will have some kind of doubt. You see, the devil knows how to send his imps out and knows how to attack you uh, through your brain. <laughs> he does that quite often, doesn't he? So, We'll look at this scripture one more time in the Bible. Now, I will, I'll look at it. 
And he spake a parable unto them to this end. That man ought always to pray. And not faint. That is the key word, and not faint. And verse 2, And there was a were in a city a judge. You know, if you have a Bible and it's got a good reference in it, it usually will give you a footnote, and the footnote would say, in a <clears throat> certain city, there was a judge. So we know in that city there was a judge, it said, which feared not God. Otherwise, he didn't have people sort of like people today that are in politics or what, they don't believe in God. <laughs> I never could figure it out. How could a person want to be a polywog? Oh, somebody said, preacher, what are you talking about? Well, if you don't believe in God, you have to believe in what the world says. A polywog. Well, then you meet another group of people who call themselves scientists. Oh, we came riding on a blazing meter and hit the earth, and that's how we got here. No, no, no. The judge didn't believe that. The president probably don't believe that. The senators probably don't believe that. Some of them might. But there will be a lot that don't believe that. I believe in what I had because I have experienced God. I have experienced His power. I have been touched by God. Amen? Come on. Come on. In that hospital up there that day I was watching, there were some Muslims came in. They had somebody in the hospital. Serious. A person was dying. person I had in the hospital said he'd be dead before morning. And I went to the Lord and he wasn't dead. Or my wife, she wasn't dead. But they had a little rug and they put the little rug out on the floor and I was watching them very carefully. And my son-in-law, they came from Louisiana. He talked to them, but nothing. But I watched them. They did everything according to whatever they was doing, and I was watching them. They never asked me, would I pray for them? Because you see, they don't believe in God anyway, not, not Jehovah God. They believe in the devil God, but not that. But the short story come, they didn't make it. And every time I see something like that, it bothers me. That a person could spend eternity separated from God, that'd be horrible, horrible, horrible. With the devil and everything else. So we have a judge. We have judges in our area. We have judges in the state. We have spring judges. Not all judges are honest. They can come up with some of the most stupidest decisions you ever hear. But a lot of times, 
you can bribe people. And he didn't regard man or woman. And Jesus is telling this here incident because it is a point, and this is the point. You can't have faith without prayer. Hello? I said, hello? Go hand in hand. Now, we can turn to the book of Mark, and we can stand and we can look at it, and we can see, cast the mountain into the sea, and I believe you could do that, but that's more or less a, a metaphor. But as I looked at it, I could see you got to pray also. I must believe how I believe in prayer, man. I tell you, I can imagine Abraham with his son going to the mountain Moriah, three days' journey with Isaac, and Isaac is not a teenager; he's an adult. And this is a type of. The Father, the Son, Jesus going to Calvary. All that time going, he prayed all the time. He prayed all the time. And he prayed. He believed this. He believed if he did sacrifice his son, God was able to raise him. But the story was three days. Jesus carried the cross. The boy carried the firewood and stuff to be put under and an angel of the Lord because God doesn't take that kind of sacrifice at all. Hello? And he received his son back alive. You pray a lot. And if you don't pray, you won't. Now, some judges, they like the honor, they like the position. And as I said, everybody's not holy or what. There was a widow. Now, if you look at this here and you think, a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversaries. She come to a job. She's a widow. And in that time, of Israel, it should be in this time also, it seemed like she had no choice. Her adversary, her adversary could be some bank that they borrowed money from. It could be a creditor pressing upon her and saying, we want your house. We're going to kick you out in 30 days. So she had a desperate need. I said, a need. And she went to a judge expecting to get a good thing, but she wound up there and she kept being delayed. You know, sort of like you go someplace and you're going to walk in and you say, well, I'm here, come back next week. She'll come and again and he say, come back next week. And she got worried about it. Amen. I got a problem. I need somebody to step in and correct the problem of my adversary so I can live a good moral life. Amen. And she did that over and over and over and over again. My adversary. 
And he would not for a while. He just wouldn't do it. He had the power to do it, but he wouldn't do it. And so as you look at it here, but afterwards, he said within himself, he got tired. Now, he got influence. He can put her in the pokey. He can probably, at that day and time, have her eliminated. So, what would the woman do? Well, she, most people today, what they would do, they would walk away, go home, pack their clothes, get ready to leave. I have no hope, no hope at all. I have no future to look forward to. I don't know how to do what I'm going to do. She wasn't getting an answer. And somebody said, well, what has this got to do with prayer? It's got everything to do with prayer, my friend. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man. <laughs> Yet, because this widow troubles me. If I go to the grocery store and I turn around, there's that widow. If I go to the bank, I turn around, there's that widow. No matter where I go, I turn around, there's that widow. Today, he probably be driving on I-5 or 99 or Main Street or whatever and look at the card and there's be that widow saying. It worried him. No matter where he went, no matter what he did, he was getting tired. So he finally said within himself, I don't regard God or regard man, but because this widow constantly, constantly bothers me. So, Christ is telling this parable to individual. Now, somebody said, well, what are the subject? The subject is very carefully in verse 1. You forgot verse 1 already? You're too busy reading to see what the judge is going to do and what the widow is going to do. Verse 1 said, He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. Peter always spoke boldly. Sometimes somebody will say out of place. Remember Jesus walking and he said that, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, they're going to kill me and everything. And Peter says, never, Lord, nobody going to kill you. Nobody going to do that. And Jesus said, turned around and looked at him and said, Get behind me, Satan. You see, Peter, a lot of people can talk fast, 
But there come a time that Jesus told Peter, you will deny me three times, and then the rooster will crow. No, I won't. So in the garden, remember in the garden, Peter went a little bit to pray, and what did he do? He took his disciples with him. Hello. And they're sitting there watching Jesus. A stone threw away. How far is a stone? Could be 20 feet. And Jesus knelt down and he was praying and praying. And he came back and he looked at him. Could you not pray with me one hour? One hour. I've been in some prayer meetings. Most of the time, people pray five, ten minutes, and they want to sit around and have a chit-chat. They want to talk to people. That's not praying, honey. That's not praying, sir. Remember, Jesus told Peter, you ought to pray lest you fall into what? Temptation. So we have this here. And I, have, I want to read some of the Scriptures here. I want you to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11. It says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. So that means you as an individual should be seeking the strength of the Lord and individual. This woman, this woman went home and she said, Lord, He turned down. He turned me down again. Lord, He turned me down again. And then in Jeremiah it says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, amen, at 13. So the woman, she's at the point. So now she'll go talk to the judge during the day, and during the night she talked to God. And she kept coming before him. Now remember, perseverance is very strong. She is being strong in what she wants. And she keeps going to him. And then when she go home, she go to the Lord. But then she said, Lord, I know you're going to answer my I know you're going to answer my prayer. And so when you look at it, it would seem like it's a hopeless case for her, but she keeps so what is verse one says? Don't faint. So most people would just throw their hands up and walk off. Well, you know, I never get an answer. That's because you're not in the word, that's because you're not studying the word, that's because you're not praying. But better yet, you need to persevere and don't faint. Remember Peter? Peter, you need to pray more. You mean less. You fall into temptation. But I have prayed for you. Amen. So, doesn't regard men. It because this widow troubled me. I will avenge her, lest by her continuing coming she worry me. So. The judge was getting worried. 
Pauline got at night, and he wake up and they're dreaming about that widow coming, coming. So now she's going, they appeared. Have you been to the Lord in prayer? Or you say you have faith, and you don't have prayer with faith, you don't have nothing. I said, you don't have nothing. So we look here, and we stand at it. We can see it. Continue. She worries me. Now Jesus is telling the parable. Now he's going to say something here. And it's very important. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect? Let's read that again. Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him. So when you think your prayers are not being heard, you just pray. Jesus telling his disciples the same fortitude, the same determination that this widow had. You should have. Hello? You should have. Shall not God have been? He's talking about it. So I was reading this here, and I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about something that is in the book of Revelation. And somebody might look at it, but look at look, People say, Revelation? Whoop! You can't understand that because you don't read it and pray about it. And when I looked at this, this is the unjust judge. He is talking God, what God will do. He, this is what he's saying. God is bothering me over this widow. That's why he's going to hear her because she's persistent in her answer, what she wants. And this judge, remember, he doesn't regard God. All of a sudden, he's talking about God. Avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he be, what? Though he bear long with him. I'd like you to turn with me just for a few moments to a book in your Bible called Revelation. I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 6. Amen. It's not that far. I said it not that far. Amen. Chapter 6. And now we can look at uh, several things. And what we're going to look at in chapter 6. 
this is the talking about chapter six is talking about the horsemen. They're talking about war. Talking about being killed. Now what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about the end time. We are not the one that live in the end time. If you're born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, the old timers used to say, Amen. Across the house. Now you have here war, famine, death. This is the time of the tribulation. The church has been tucked out. And this time, brother, you better know how to pray. And so people are dying by the millions. I heard somebody once say, well, uh, with the church going to go through the great tribulation, we're going to come out victorious on the other side. Read your scripture very carefully. If you've probably been in sitting in a church and heard the gospel over and over and you go past and the church has left, you probably won't accept Jesus anyway. You'll probably serve the devil. But he talked about them dead, everything else, and the fifth seal. Now, I want you to notice this. And when he had opened the fifth seal, that is Jesus, the Lamb of God, he's opening these up. I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain. Hello, everybody. What's the name? The Word of God. And the testimony which they held. They died, but they're still praying. They have a complaint, but they're still praying. And all the saints God had prayed, God has a place. Now look, look here. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, thou dost, dost thou not judge and avenge us? Well, God, they died. Now, if you think that you can get saved and you're going to come out on the other side smelling like roses, you'll be dead. You, you'll probably be in this number someplace also. Amen. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, thou shalt not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth. And now listen, what's well, something going to happen? Verse 11 said, And white robes were given unto them, unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet a little longer, a little long season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren as should be killed as they were. So they were told to wait until that time. And so we look at it, 
God is going to answer their problem, and He will. But to get to this place, you had to, you had to die. They cried day and night. And then, in verse 8, I tell you that He will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man... Now, He's not talking about the rapture of the church here. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall He find faith. Not individual, but faith on a whole as a country. Like, used to be one time this nation was founded on the principles of God and then you get come along like people, Obama and them, say, not a Christian nation anymore, so on and on and on and on. Makes you wonder, what, what, what about them? Well, I'll tell you what. They're going to be looking toward a fiery surface and they lake a fire. Amen. And then Jesus ends the parable, this parable, unto certain that trusted, that trusted. Let me ask you a question. Are you trusting in your work? Are you trusting in some man doing something for you? Or are you going to turn and worship God and be like this widow? The disciples learned one thing. They do some things really most churches don't do. When Jesus died on the cross and rose up from the dead and was sent it back to heaven, they spent ten days praying and fasting. Perseverance. Did it accomplish anything? Oh, yeah, it sure did. They received the Holy Ghost. They were praying. And Jesus said, when I get to heaven, I'll talk to the Father, and the Father will send you another comforter just like me. Now, this is my terminology. If you saw the Holy Ghost, you saw Jesus. Amen. If you saw the Holy Ghost, you saw God that nobody ever did see but Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then all of a sudden, it came in there like a whew. They prayed. For ten days, ten nights, being constant in prayer. They didn't know what the Holy Ghost was. They heard Jesus talk about it all the time, but they did not know. Until that day, once after that, Peter was like a flint rock, amen. Not denying nobody, but going forward. To carry the gospel. This morning, are you having trouble? You may, maybe you heard a preacher talk about faith, 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 faith. You remember in the book of Mark, they don't want to read the verse down underneath. Prayer. It takes prayer to move the mountain. The boy that fell in the water, Jesus spent on the top of the mountain. A lot of time praying all night. And God answered the prayer. The boy was healed. And the, boy, and the 
disciple asked Jesus a question. They said, why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus gave a classic answer. This kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. A lot of people don't believe that. But I want you, church, to commit unto God and don't think otherwise. Don't quit. Don't throw your hands up and say, it's no use. God doesn't ever answer my prayer. Well, He wants to answer your prayer. And you need to let Him answer your prayer. Let us have right across this church. Anybody watching or listening, I said anybody, I don't know. Let's pray. Father, we ask these just...